media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. Sunday morning, uh, sorry, did I say morning? Goodness, man, Sunday morning, I'm going to try that again. Marketing, branding, advertising, PR, all that sort of thing, anything that communicates, that's what we talk about for the next two hours. For you, welcome to the show. Most appreciate that you're listening to us. And you can do that not just listening by engaging further. Uh, and the way you do that is by, well, calling in, always, of course, relevant to the discussion. Short, sharp calls, please, 891 You can... SMS 34701. But if you are tweeting, you must use the hashtag media show. So we pick up a trend of discussion and thought throughout the show and outside so we can find exactly what you said. So when you do that, just tweet to me, Ashraf Garda, and uh, tweet to uh, SAFM Radio as well. Certainly looking forward to your thoughts. Lots to talk about in particular amongst many other things. Uh, we'll chat later on, about 9.30, to uh, Joanna McDowell about... Uh, what she called media transparency. Now, media transparency in the marketing media space, that is, and the question marks about rebates and kickbacks and, and how billings take place and all that sort of thing. And, and she believes there's just not enough transparency around that. So looking forward to that discussion with her. But let's get going with our thought leader discussion, which we do first up every every Sunday from 8 to 8.30. And today it's about, uh, about journalism and, and journalism training. So effectively, maybe to borrow from the state of the nation, what is the state of journalism training? Uh, as opposed to journalism in a literal sense, because training, of course, uh, or journalism is maybe the result of the training. What are your thoughts about the state of uh, journalism training in our country? Uh, would you give it a yay and nay and maybe be more more specific, if you like, certainly like to get your thoughts. Uh, in terms of getting opinion, uh, our thought leader today is Paula Frey, who is the Managing Director of Frey Intermedia. Paula, good chatting to you, and uh, welcome to the show, just back from Myanmar. Thank you very much, Arthur. Good to be here. Quickly, what did you do there? So I was in um, Myanmar for a um, for two for two training programs. One was for a commercial training program with both men and women, and then on my fourth day there, we actually had a full day um, women in news leadership um, program for the World Association of Newspapers. And, and just a quick, I mean, if we have time, we'll maybe touch on that a little more detail. But the issue of, of journalism, and I'm using the word journalism as opposed to just media journalism training. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the issue that we have here and the issues that happens in, say, South South Asia and, and everywhere around the world, are they very similar or, or, or are they very, very pronounced differently from one region to the other? Absolutely. And I'm very fortunate to be able to do, to do training actually across the globe. We've done, um, we, we specialize in media management training for women and we've done this program in Latin America. We've done it several times in Southeast Asia. We've done it across um, Sub-Saharan Africa, but we've also done it in the MENA region. Um, and one of the things that always strikes me about the training, whether we're training women Somalian radio leaders or whether we're training women in Myanmar, is that a lot of our challenges are similar. So there are some extremes, mm. um, outlier, outlier challenges that, that various countries might have, but the core challenges remain the same. Um, and if we're looking at um, what kind of um, journalism training we need in order to deal with those challenges, we really are kind of looking at um, a process of understanding the media and the needs of media before we begin to, to even think of journalism training. Absolutely, because I would think it, it, it's about outcomes of the type of journalists you want to create and the outcomes in terms of the type of society you wish to create, isn't Absolutely, it? Yeah. So, so it's a good time then to ask that question. You know, j- journalism training in South Africa, broadly, not so much with, with framed media, but, mm-hmm. you know, do you give it a yay or a nay? So, so I, 
think that you know journalism is a dynamic profession, and mm. if you believe it's a profession, then like other professions, you would you would agree that we need ongoing structured learning. That there's no way a journalist who graduated 10 years ago it would be um, work fit in an environment where there's so much disruption. Um, and so very often, what we're finding is that when we're doing journalism training, when we're looking at, at at feedback around journalism training, is that people make assumptions of when they were at university or when they did training, when they were um, 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 learning the craft on what people need now. And I think it's quite important um, to recognize that the level of disruption is such that newsrooms need new skills, different skills. And the research shows that a lot of the skills we need are not necessarily editorial per se, right? That the technology needs um, um, are, are different, the security needs are different. And so I think um, a yay or a nay, I think that there are pockets of huge challenges that we're not addressing. Um, but there are also some very good institutions out there that are beginning to produce young journalists with some of the basic multi-platform um, skills, but at the same time, there's a whole host of other challenges that we need to be addressing. Okay, so let's just let's just stay with, with, with the technological aspects. I mean, you're quite right. I think it has become so dramatic. I think Phil Hafferty a few weeks mm-hmm. ago I spoke to on, on the show, and she made the point that social media is actually bigger than traditional media and the numbers suggest that anyway whether we like it or not that means the training even of, of journalists needs to understand just that right so, so here's the thought in terms of technological embracement and, and advancement do, do, do journalism schools do, uh, do, they, do they cater for that in a way do they understand that these challenges are new and are different, although they could well be trained by people who are not naturally born into that space? So, you know, the process sometimes of putting together a journalism curriculum is quite a long process, and to get it signed off certainly through the tertiary institutions um, can, can take some time. And what we're finding in the industry is that things are changing almost on mm. a month-by-month, year-by-year basis. Um, and so uh, if you look, we recently did a survey of the kinds of, of training that universities and higher um, um, education institutions were actually doing, and about 36% of them in our in our curriculum review were actually looking specifically at online journalism. Mm-hmm. And not that the rest aren't doing it, that it might be integrated in some of their learning programs. But given how critical and how fundamental online journalism is right now, I would, I would say that we need to start thinking that of that almost as core. Mm. We need to start thinking of, if we're looking at, at, at our curriculums, we need to be saying some things belong in core um, and, 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 and some of the technological changes that we're dealing with belong in, in core journalism. I, I think Snooki Zikalala, when, when he once, once head of uh, SABC News, made this point about what he mm. called buying media. By and large, generally, the, the feeling was that it actually never really worked. But, but in fact, now, you, you, you can't just worry about buying media. It, it's multimedia. Does, does journalism schools, do they provide for that, that you have to learn to, to work in, in multiple spaces? So perhaps also we should we should think of, of you know what the role of the journalism school would be. I mean, it's certainly if you look at a at a bachelor's degree or a um, from a university. I mean, one of the things that we want to, to to ensure is that they're actually producing graduates who understand the general principles and theory of of, of journalism, so that procedural knowledge is actually linked to practical implementation mm. of it, so that they've got the knowledge and the theory and the principles and skills of the profession that can then be built on in the newsroom. The reality is that we cannot expect journalists to come out of universities or colleges and to be able to immediately run with what happens in the newsroom. Now, when I was a young journalist in 1986, I had mentors. I came in, I did a cadet school, I was... um, 
coached, I was helped, I was supported. And very often what we're finding in our newsrooms is that support structure no longer exists. So that support structure where young journalists are actually inducted into the way journalism mm-hmm. is practiced mm-hmm. is missing. So that's the one thing. The next thing is that really is that there's a level of complexity in journalism now that we haven't seen, um, that we didn't see 10 years ago. And that level of complexity about the practice of journalism translates into the level of complexity about our ethical challenges. So if at university, for example, you're not helping journalists to practice ethically on a multi-platform level, then you're going to get journalists to come into the newsroom and are able to do the journalism, but not to think of the ethical practice of journalism. And so I think those are the kinds of challenges we are having to deal with, that, that the profession is a lot more complex and that our journalism training needs to recognize that complexity. And, 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 and by and large, are, are the various journalism schools being able to meet that challenge? Are they? I think... T- 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 So one of the critical challenges for me is that journalism schools are able to produce new graduates who can think. Um, to me, that's a core skill for mm. journalism, that you're able to analyze, that you're able to critically question, that you're able to put together information in a way that is beyond a he said, um, she said um, um, manner. Certainly the, the journalists that I've seen who've come through in a postgraduate program from, from key universities in South Africa are coming out with really good multi-platform skills and are beginning to answer questions. But I think that when they go into the newsroom, despite having those good core skills, if they go into newsrooms where they're not then con- the, the, con- the training does not continue um, I think that we'll find that mm. the, it doesn't matter how good the, um, the underlining degree is that the practice of journalism will suffer okay. in the long but, but, run. But that's an important point you make you know, training them how to think and to think critically but, but if it doesn't continue because in the spaces they play in and, and one can talk media but the same can apply to whatever you know playing for a, for a local football team so well you come through the junior ranks but actually this is the way we play the game mm-hmm. so they come into these newsrooms now and say we actually don't care what you've learned where you've learned it this is the way we do things if you think it's not right just go yeah how, how should then this journalist uh, respond you know f- first year in the workplace and <laughs> it's, a, it's a really difficult challenge and, and, and it's made worse by the fact that actually South African media generally is in a difficult space. Mm. We've had a lot of retrenchments. I think um, it's been difficult to find spaces within newsrooms for, for new recruits. Um, and, and certainly um, from a political point of view, there would be many incidents where, where journalists are coming into newsrooms and being told this is the way we do stories. But that's not necessarily all that different from, from the way journalism, the way journalists functioned, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because good journalism happens when there is there's tension between management mm-hmm. and the journalist. When the journalist is able to stand up and say, "This is what I believe in. These are, you know, this is how I tell stories, etc." And to challenge necessarily their news manager. Um, I mean, the reality is that many people will say, you know, well, then go somewhere else where you can do that kind of journalism. But I think that if you're a thinking journalist, you probably are applying to the newsrooms where you will feel more comfortable in. So trying try to fit in there. But, but part of that would be, you know, what is perceived as uh, journalism or media being a very contested space. I'll get to that in a second. By the way, if you wish to contribute, and I hope some people are certainly tweeting, that's great. If you are tweeting, do use hashtag media, so it certainly helps. Then you tweet to me, Ashraf Garda, and tweet to SFM Radio as well uh, to call in if you have strong views. 
891 What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about the state of journalism training in particular? That's why I'm just focusing for now. Uh, in South Africa, 891 That's the call-in number. Uh, my guest is um, Paula Frey, who's the managing director of Frey Intermedia. And clearly, so, well, certainly, I would think, one of, one of the finest media trainers um, that we've ever had in the country. There, I've said it, right? <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's a big reputation for, for you to uphold, right? So, so what, what about, you know, you spoke about, about ethics and the ability to, uh, to think clearly and, 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 uh, and critically and, and actually just to have basic technological skills. Now, many may say those things are given. The, the most difficult one is the issue of ethics and objectivity. Mm. What, what are your thoughts about training journalists in, in what is now being perceived as a battleground? Many yeah. believe, if you go back to what's going on um, our president thinks he's been given a hard time by, by the media. Donald Trump thinks he's been given a hard time. I can go on. Everybody believes that the media is, is actually pushing them into a corner and it's not their job. And you're right. You know, I mean, one of the issues that came up in Myanmar really was the issue of trust, was the issue of fake news, was the issue of journalistic credibility. And I, I strongly believe that the strongest um, um, tool that we have as journalists is our credibility and that when we compromise our own credibility um, we really compromise not just the profession but also um, our product um, that we would want to sell. From the issue of ethics is, is from a training point of view is, is, is interesting because on the one hand you'll very often find trainers who will have ethical journalism training session where they will talk of the ethics of journalism as a standalone theoretical framework. But the reality is, is that ethical journalism happens in practice, right? It can't be a checklist that, that gets put onto the story at the end. At the end when the story is written, you kind of go through with the checklist and say, is the story ethical? Um, it needs to be something that we're actually um, um, doing while we are doing the story identification, mm. while we're doing the research of the story, while we're interviewing our sources, and while we're writing the story. And so from a journalistic training point of view, the question is whether we, um, we are integrating ethical reporting into everything. Whether, when we're, whether we're doing story ideas generation, there's an ethical component to that and journalists are thinking ethically. Whether we're doing interviewing skills, whether there's an ethical component in it. Whether we're doing the writing, the crafting of the story, whether there's an ethical component of it. And what we're finding is that, that, that students and journalists are encountering really complex ethical issues, right? Whether it's about user-generated content, whether it's about, I mean, you talk about social media. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that get published on social media where the temptation is to then take it back to legacy media as if it's verified content. And I think that journalists themselves need to be, regarding this as, as a self-learning exercise to be constantly going to the press council's Facebook um, website page and actually looking at the latest findings of the press ombudsman in order to say, you know, why, why, did, why did they make that finding? What are the issues here? Because there, there's some ethical things that, are, that we're encountering that we didn't necessarily learn when we were at university. You know, the way we gather news has changed. The way we report news has changed. And so I think when it comes to ethics, um, that's the big question in, in training. Are we doing it as a standalone, as if it's a theoretical framework, or are we actually integrating it into and, I mean, you, all our training? It should be integrated. What then are, you know, are your thoughts about, about the state of, of journalism? Now, not so much journalism school, because if, the schools obviously should propel the quality that we then see later on. What, what, what is your assessment of, of how we do our journalism in South Africa? I think there's not enough space in journalism for self-reflection. So, I mean, you, you talk about 
Trump doesn't like us, President Zuma doesn't like us, etc. I think very often our response is a very defensive one. Um, um, and, and I think that there needs to be a lot more reflection in terms of how we're doing our work, how we're performing, um, where the places are for improvement, and a lot more engagement around those issues. The, so the way we consume and the way we produce our news has changed mm. um, and is continuing to change. So what we do today might not be the way we do it tomorrow. And in that dynamic disruptive space, I think very often we're focusing primarily on simply getting the news out um, and there needs to be a space to pause and to reflect in terms of what we're doing and how we're doing it. If we're able to do that, we'll be able to identify some of the very real challenges, both journalistically but also from a training point of view. So, I mean, if you look at ethics, linked to ethics is the ability for journalists to be able to verify information. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, so the question is, do our universities, do our colleges, do our training spaces actually do journalism um, verification? So we've got organizations like Africa Check, but really the skills of, that Africa Check is, is, is utilizing are skills every single journalist should now have in the space of social media. Um, we should be able to, to identify what, what, what is credible and what is not credible, rather than simply retweeting or utilizing social media information. Okay. You, say, you say the way that news is is uh, what produced is different. How, how different has it been? Oh, it's dramatically different. I mean, if you just look at some of the the, um, the global trends that are happening, for example. So, I mean, you've got a new convergence. So you've not only got a convergence in terms of radio, newspapers, online coming together, but you've also got a convergence in terms of virtual reality, mm. um, um, artificial intelligence, um, automated content. You've got um, virtual reality storytelling. And so suddenly the way we tell stories is broader than ever before. And, and very often legacy media doesn't acknowledge that it is in fact competing with news in different formats. I mean, my my son, my 17-year-old son, doesn't get his news from, from traditional um, media spaces. He gets his news from YouTube, he's playing games, he's interacting with the news. At first, I thought he wasn't getting news at all until I realized that he was actually quite you, well informed. You were the one who, yes. who, who was being sticky to the fact that it has to be physical paper. Exactly, or, news, or newspapers, or, yeah, yeah. or radio, or television. But in fact, he is fairly well informed. So that's the one thing. The next thing is the issue of security. I mean, if you think of how we're getting our news, journalists need to be able to protect their sources. They need to know encryption. They need to know um, um, security for their laptops, for, for their work, for when they're engaging with media. I mean, the irony is that in, in, in investigative journalism, some journalists are going back to the old way of doing reporting, face-to-face interviews, you know, trying to get rid of technology all the way in order to protect their sources. The issue of... Um, that radio is no longer f- just for radio journalists, that print journalists need to understand radio mm, because of mm. the podcasting revolution. Absolutely. So suddenly print journalists or audio journalists or video journalists are beginning to... Th- the issue of understanding technology from a... Um, so you don't have to be a developer, but you certainly need to understand the language of developing. But perhaps a quick question then mm. to ask you, mm. considering you're in, you're in the training of, of media practitioners, do, do you need to be a journalist to be a journalist? It's becoming quite clear. Well, I think that the core principles of journalism are fundamental to journalism. Right? Um, mm. <clears throat> the, the, the how you get your information, how you you disseminate your information, all of those things are what make journalism journalism. The ethics of journalism. Um, I don't think you need to have a degree in journalism to be a journalist. 
Um, I've seen some really good journalists who started out as finance reporters, as lawyers, Mm -hmm. as um, teachers, you know, and have moved to the profession from there. Certainly when you look at new media startups, um, sometimes people from outside the profession have been able to see the gaps much better than we have. So so is is it fair to say that, that in a strange way social media... Has, has given many wannabe journalists a training ground, even if they didn't realize that, to, to start effectively creating stories, becoming storytellers. And then some of them, they're not saying all, then make the jump from social media storytellers, which derives great audiences, and say, hold it, actually, I can get into this, this profession full-time. Is, is that happening at all? To be honest, I mean, so breaking news mm. is definitely... Um, on social media. It's definitely Twitter, um, a little bit after that, um, um, Facebook, etc. But the craft of storytelling actually um, is, 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 is one that needs some skill. Right. I mean, simply sending out a series of tweets um, around an event that's unfolding doesn't necessarily craft a story. And so you'll see that some journalists are much better at be able to use the, the, the sequential tweets as something that turns out into a compelling story that sends you back to the story either on radio mm-hmm. or TV mm-hmm. on print. And some, radio, um, some journalists just send out a random string of thoughts on, on social media. Um, I mean, when you look at compelling storytelling, I've seen, I've seen some really good storytelling, for example – by Gus Silber on Instagram. Okay. Um, um, but I don't see that by a lot of different people. Um, and, and so I think that we've been able to use social media to disseminate information. I think we're still in the process of learning how to use it more effectively for storytelling. Yeah. How, how, how then, going back to that point about what President Zuma may say about the media and Donald Trump and maybe five other people that I can't mention. In fact, what's going on in Turkey is another good example of that. Right? Yes. Ultimately, in, in the training aspect, besides understanding the ethics, because one thing is understanding the ethics, the other is the response, not just from these, these leaders, but, but certainly from the public, that the media is, is contested space, that uh, it's highly influential, and I think we know that, right? Um, and as a result of that, it, it's, it's a battleground. So the media effectively takes up a position uh, for and against a, a particular issue, as opposed to for justice and for what's right. Uh, the Tuli Madoncella example, the other one is white minority capital. I can go on and about mm. it. You know, is the media a battleground? Is it a playground, actually, for uh, people to come and then do what they want? And are then journalists and other enablers in that space? I think absolutely the media is a contested space. And, and I think what, um, what drives my training motivation is to support a plurality plurality of, of media that you want as many different voices as possible within this contested space bringing many different views um, 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 to that space. I mean the reason why I do media training around media management for example is because I believe in press freedom and I believe that a regulatory framework, so South Africa has a great regulatory framework for media freedom but that means nothing unless you are able to have sustainable media organizations on the ground and so it's important that you, you can support community media for example to be able to, to raise the voices of people within their community um, if you want if you recognize that media is a contested space and that you want to be able to help other people to amplify their voices within but, that but space. But how, how then do you judge, rule and advise against journalists being played by, by political agendas? It's, a, it's the core lesson in ethical 
journalism, isn't it? I mean, that you are, that you are independent, that you are fair, that you seek um, the information and report it as accurately as possible, and that you minimize harm. So if you're, if you're talking about um, journalism ethics, then that's what you really are talking mm-hmm. about, is by able to get. And I'm not saying that we must all say the same things and we must all sing off the same hymn sheet, but what I am saying is that when you do that, you need to be accountable are, are we doing for your journalism. So there's a, a blurring of the spaces, isn't that, in the sense that so, so I'm, I'm reluctant to use are we doing it because mm. I think within the media space there's such diversity in terms of the ethics of, of, of the profession, in terms of the way people implement journalistic um, principles, etc. Um, and then, of course, the blurring of the spaces that there are many new entities that actually are not traditional media spaces, um, that don't behave in traditional ways. So are we doing it? Um, it depends who we, we, we who, would who, be. Who the we would be. <laughs> let's, let's take one quick call before we're going to wrap up. Sam from Durban, go ahead. Hi. Sam, hi. hi. Yeah. I, I, the question I need to ask is that I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right. in terms of the entire reporting. And I look at the, the, the war in the Middle East and especially uh, the big ones with George W. Bush and before the incident happened, uh, the, 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 the war was reported before the war. And I wonder sometimes whether uh, journalists are susceptible to the fact that the event that takes place is predetermined already and it's been done, and then the reporters are called in to report on something that's uh, going to happen or already happened. So, 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 so what comes first? Are they reporting or are they just gimmicks in the entire game? Okay, let's, let's get a response. Thanks for that. Uh, Sam, are they... Did you get that? Are they reporting or are they just gimmicks in this game? So, I mean... I mean, one of the things that we really fight for is to have journalists on the front line to be able to report firsthand on what's happening, um, as opposed to the journalists to go to the press conference and report what people say happened. Mm. Um, I think the challenge here is not chicken or egg. The challenge here is getting access for journalists to be able to tell the story. Okay, let's wrap up, and hopefully we'll have more discussion on this sometime down the line, but the issue of fake news, how, how should... It seems to be incredibly real, even unintended. For example, we had this, this, this whole thing about the, the cyclone in, in Mozambique. So even there, when the intentions are not uh, mischief-making, people were able to post pictures of uh, the tsunami in, in Japan and, and taking it all as, as given quite, you know, not, not, nothing to do with mischief-making, but it's coming through. And then, of course, you get political fake news, which, you know, again, Trump is accusing others of meddling, others are saying the same thing. How should the media respond to fake news? And, and what should, from a training point of view, what advice then would you could, are you going to give your, your, your students? I mean, again, it's that whole issue of verification, isn't it? That, you know, if journalists don't understand how to verify the information mm. that they're sharing, <clears throat> how can we expect ordinary readers, listeners, viewers to do that? Um, <clears throat> sorry. So I think that when, we, when we're looking at that, I think when it comes to fake news, journalists themselves need to know what fake news is and how to be able to identify it. And then they should refrain from sharing it, even in just to their friends, okay. etc. Meaning, meaning more so now, if, because yeah. there's this abundance of fake news, if, if journalists then don't take the time to bother, uh, whether they're doing it on mainstream or even, even journalists playing mm. in the social media spaces, yeah. then it becomes their problem, isn't it? Yeah, so, so with fake news, there are two issues. A is the verification of fake news, and then B is the fact-checking. The calling out of people who disseminate fake news to say, give us your sources, give us your information, and to name and shame people who do spread fake news. Because as you said, there's also a lot of political fake news, and I think we should avoid the kind of journalism that simply reports fake news as if it's a he said, well, it's just his opinion, or he said that, and then she said that. This is a critical time for journalists 
to perform as ethical journalists. Okay, that's where we can leave it. Thank you so much for your time, Paula Frey. You can, you can clear your throat now. Yes. I think <laughs> it's, it's been a battle. Paula Frey from uh, Frey Intermedia, thanks for your time. And by the way, just talking about social media, feel free to, to tweet uh, some, of, some of the thoughts you've already shared and more uh, just to me just now, and I'll certainly share that as well. All right?